Welcome to Teacher Pop, a podcast where teachers discuss pop culture topics and how they can apply to teaching in the classroom. I'm your host, Jordan Billings, a seventh grade social studies teacher who loves being in the classroom and talking about all things pop culture. Let's get into today's topic. All right, folks, welcome to this episode of Teacher Pop. We have the amazing Will Carlson here with us. Will, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Jordan. What's up? Hey, not much. Do you um, want to take a little bit of time to uh, introduce yourself for, um, for those of us that have not yet met you? Sure, yeah. My name is Will Carlson. I teach fifth graders in uh, northern Michigan, uh, the icy tundra of northern Michigan right now. Uh, I do a gamified class. Uh, I do Marvel. And really, it's not just Marvel, but just comics in general. So we do a little DC every once in a while. We, th- we throw some graphic novel stuff in there from time to time, but primarily Marvel stuff. I love it. And that was kind of where I know that you and I have met as we've gone through XP Lab chat and stuff like that. And we know we both are doing Marvel themed classrooms. So we were talking about kind of what we wanted to discuss. And um, we decided to kind of go through uh, the MCU movies and we decided to start with Iron Man. So our our episode today is going to be talking about Iron Man. The MCU Iron Man, we may be pulling in some comic stuff here and there, but as we were kind of discussing, that that's not a podcast episode. That is a podcast in and of itself. Right. That's like a 40-year instead of a 40-minute deal there. Exactly. So um, for those of us that have not seen the movie, again, we... At this point, I feel like it's old enough that we can definitely say, like, we are going to be dropping spoilers for this. So if you have not seen the movie, definitely go and do that. But Will, will you go ahead and take us through the story of Iron Man? Yeah, so really, this is kind of the first MCU movie that uh, kind of got me started on the whole uh, Marvel collection of movies. But basically, you've got this billionaire industrialist and genius inventor, Tony Stark, Um and that's played by Robert Downey Jr., who is amazing in all of those Marvel movies. Uh, great casting by Marvel, by the way. Uh, he's conducting weapon tests basically overseas, and uh, terrorists kidnap him. And they try to force him to make the weapon for them instead, so they imprison him in this cave at the beginning of the movie and uh, try and force him to make this weapon. But instead, he uh, decides to kind of like a spur of the moment, make himself a big iron suit with all kinds of fancy gadgets and things. And uh, he's able to escape the cave. Um, so eventually in the movie, he finds out that his partner uh, in his business actually is selling behind his back. He's been selling all these weapons to the bad guys. Um this terrorist group called the 10 rings. Uh, and can, can, I just got to say Obadiah Stane is the guy's name. Can you think of a better bad guy name of all time? Obadiah Stane. Right. And the fact that he names his, his um, and he actually even references what he calls his suit. Cause he ends up creating suit based on Stark's original design. And right. he, at one point he's like, Tony, we're, we build weapons. We're iron mongers. And he actually calls it the yeah. iron monger. Like, right. I think that's super cool. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's kind of the backstory. I mean, that's, that's at least in the movie. Absolutely. Oh yes. So um, 
So I think we have some some kind of things to unpack here, but um, I'll I'll ask. So so we've gone through. We we see this Iron Man. Um, you know, Tony Stark. We even have in the beginning of the movie that um, you know he he's he's kind of not necessarily taking his life and things very seriously. He's very um, you know uh, this what is it? Um, kind of a playboy. Playboy type, right? was it actually exactly what I was going to say. Right. Um, and so, you know, this genius playboy, he's, he's gotten through a lot of things just on kind of the, um, background of his dad, Howard Stark, um, being a weapons developer and then inheriting the, you know, Stark name and business and then keeping it going himself and making a name that way. But, um, you know, I think that you, you have some, some instances of this, uh, this guy, not really, uh, taking a lot of stuff very seriously um, on the outside, but then you, you, as you develop, you see that he actually really has a, a deep connection to a lot of folks. And I wonder if there's like a, you know, be, be careful when you're looking at appearances kind of. Yeah, idea. So like, there's this, there's this really cool uh, crisis of conscience that kind of goes on when you yeah. find his eyes are open uh, when he's taken hostage by this terrorist group and it's kind of like uh, all of a sudden he realizes all the damage that he's been doing when he's just kind of been you know like we said a man about town and having fun and spending all his billions of money and uh, now all of a sudden it's like in his face with all the weapons and things that he's letting others use for evil so and I think it was maybe one of those when you really take a look at it it's almost like he kind of takes a lot of that for granted that he's just kind of like, it's a job. It's what I do. You know, I'm, I'm the owner of the company. I, I do these things. It's not in this malicious way, like Obadiah was doing. He's just, you know, Tony Stark is making weapons and, you know, he's doing it under the guise of I'm making weapons for my country to make my country safer. And then people are using his intentions to kind of, um, you know, go the other way with it. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I think that that's a, that's an interesting thing too, is that um, sometimes in education, we take a look at, you know, kind of our intention of doing things and that sometimes some people can misconstrue those intentions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, um, all right. So do we have a, um, a favorite scene or favorite quote? We'll try and dig a little deeper in Iron Man. So I think uh, my favorite quote um, comes from Tony's best friend. So eventually uh, it's James Rhodes and he calls him Rhodey in the movie. He's a big character in the comics, Um, but he eventually becomes a war machine later. Mm -hmm. Um, But he just, uh, when he's in Tony's lab and Tony has now made a new version of his prototype suit and he just looks at Tony, he's like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yes. And, then, uh, and then, you know, Tony says, keep the skies clear and flies off. And uh, he uh, you see James Rhodes, Rhodey, look at the other suit. And he says, next time, baby. Mm-hmm. That's always my favorite. I love that. Um, and, you know, if we uh, so so I yes, uh, as you're as you're looking at Rhodey, because um, a lot of us, again, that had been comic fans coming into the movie, we knew that Rhodey would eventually um, take that other armor suit that Tony isn't using and would then kind of adapt it and make himself another, you know, armored superhero, um, yeah. 
war machine. And there's uh, so many, there's so many little Easter eggs in the movie. And then of course the one at the end of the movie is pretty epic with the uh, Nick Fury standing in the dark at Tony's place. And it says, uh, just a simple line. I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers initiative. And, and you're left with that. And, and that's funny because I wanted to talk about like that whole process because I think one of the things that the MCU does incredibly well is the whole Easter egg letting you know stuff and, mm -hmm. and keeping you interested and in saying, you know, so I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers initiative. Boom. And that's it doesn't necessarily go any further and we're left with that for like a good solid year or two i oh, think like before iron man 2 iron came man. out mm -hmm. uh, to discover it um and so i i think that when you look at that type of of strategy to hook your students think about like a you know we'll, we'll maybe look at it as a try this at home kind of thing to where um leaving students to to process things i think can be a a really cool uh, the, the tool that we can use as teachers. Yeah, and almost a less is more, uh, you know, approach like that to get this, to build the suspense. Um, you know, like in the past I've had, you know, with our game, we can do just about anything with comics, but um, I've had villains that challenge us and um, it's just always that to be continued or wait and see suspense that you throw in there just like at the end of that movie, so. Yes, I love, um, and, and for those people that have not done a gamified classroom, a lot of gamified classrooms usually have a theme, and for us it's a Marvel theme, and then it also kind of like has a narrative that kind of weaves through a lot of the classroom stuff. Um, our content and whatever remains the same, but we add an extra story element onto it to engage students and, and things like that, and um, usually we're actually brewing towards, this is um, recorded as we're kind of ending our second quarter, getting ready to go on winter break for me that's a time where i go from world geography and i switch over to kansas history and i wonder if my kids will ever find this because it's always one of my favorite twists which is that at the end of geography they've been building towards right now they're battling the red skull and they're going to be discovering that um kang the conqueror is the one that's been kind of orchestrating a lot of stuff and they are, he is going to try and erase them from the timeline. But Dr. Strange is going to come in and save them, but not before they're transported back into time. And that's when we go through the next arc in my class, which is um, them going through Kansas history. But usually it ends with, um, so like right now, the Red Skull's army is getting ready to fight the class. And they all have settlements that they've built using geographic thinking skills. And we'll be doing the battle um, tomorrow. And on Friday, they will see that um, Kang is going to come in, do the erasure. And then I usually go, okay, that's like the class has been enveloped in this ray of light. And I'm like, guys, have a fantastic break. And I look forward to seeing you. And you know that kids are just like, oh, no, oh. no, you can't leave. And I'm like, guys, we're coming back in January. It's okay. And they're like, but that's like weeks away. So, um, you know, being willing to, I love what you just said, which is less is more. And I think that a lot of times teachers really like to, you know, well, I want to give all of it, give everything out there. Well, sometimes it's more about their discovery than it is about us telling them how to discover stuff. 
Yeah, and I think uh, that's a really good segue into one of my other favorite parts. Uh, when I was watching Iron Man recently, I was thinking this part where he's stuck in the cave. He's in a yeah. he's in the cave, and the terrorists have told him you need to make this weapon for us. And and he says, yeah, sure, but then he doesn't at all plan on making this terrorist weapon. But he's got to use all of his know-how, his genius. He's got to use whatever he has at his fingertips to make uh, this first prototype of his suit. Um, and I just think that's so, uh, since the spring to now and possibly even a little bit further into the future here, teachers have had to do just that. I exactly. mean, it's like some of you might be in your normal lab, uh, but where are the kids? Some of you might be at home without all of your normal tools and you've got to make do. I mean, uh, I think I see teacher genius all over Twitter, you know, oh. like, what teachers are doing is amazing um and so when i was watching that movie that's all i could think of was in that scene is i mean this is what we're doing right now oh exactly i mean you think about you have this life-altering event and then knowing that in order to kind of get through stuff you're not going to have you you can't do business as usual and i know that you know uh, as as we've been teaching during this life-altering time of the pandemic we knew you can't do things as as normal so you can take the normal things that you have so that's where like in this cave building stuff and whatever you know they um they have a lot of tools for him and there are things that even he's built before you know these missile systems and things like that and yet he's like okay that's not going to work in this situation so we've got to tear this apart we've got to rip out this and like there are even a couple times where he would like tear out different things and he has this like intricate control mechanism and the um oh who is the guy that is with him Jensen yeah just the assistant guy and he's kind of like what is that and he pulls out this tiny little ring and just throws away the thing and he goes this is what I need and I need this out of the other like 12 missiles or whatever go and get this and you know knowing that like yeah sometimes we're going to take these educational tools we have and just strip them down to the absolute bare bolts of this is what is going to work for this time in this situation and I've got to be willing to pitch this other stuff in order to get what I need for the time that I yeah, and we hear like the the common term I keep seeing all over the place and hearing is pivot, right? Like when this happened, you had to pivot. And really, that's what that whole scene is all about. You you might be virtual, you might be virtual for a while, and then hybrid, you might be face to face. Um, and so you just got to be flexible and trust your, I mean, trust your own genius as a teacher and, and just go with it. So and, and using using what you have, and, and also thinking that um, there is a, there's one of those lines where, um, in the end, um, Obadiah is trying to meet with the other engineers because the, the whole thing that powers this, um, suit is it's not just the iron suit. It's this arc reactor, right. that, um, that Tony Stark builds that, you know, is in his, you know, in this chest plate that keeps all of the shrapnel that he got from the original injury out. And so, you know, they, they have the design and one of the engineers is kind of saying like, well, sir, it's, it's impossible. And he goes, it's not impossible. He's, it's right here. I'm just asking you to miniaturize it. And he goes, it's, it's not, it isn't possible. And he just yells and he goes, Tony Stark was able to build this thing in a cave with a box of scraps. Right. And so, and you know, and I think that scientist says, well, I'm not Tony Stark. Tony Stark. 
<laughs> and and it's that you could tell that he has that frustration, but it's also that thought of sometimes we don't know what we have until we're in that situation. Mm-hmm. And and seeing that then this leads to this humongous discovery. And I know that um, I think in in past episodes of the podcast, I think a couple of guests we've talked about that, which is that you know, we've gone through this process, we've built it, like, you know, we're going to be at the end of the year, we're going to have our Iron Man Mark One for this new environment. And if Tony Stark would have stopped there and said, guess what, I am not in the cave anymore. So I don't need this, and didn't realize any of the potential that was in there, then that would have been it. And you know, again, not to drop some huge spoilers, but then obviously later on, as important as Iron Man is to the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, literally the entire universe would have suffered if he would have just said, eh, I'm done. And, you know, thinking about that type of stuff as teachers are creating these things to say, you really need to be looking at keeping what you have. It may not be perfect because it's the Mark One. You might be looking at some other things, but like, keeping some of the stuff that you're creating during this time, I think is a really important thing for teachers to be thinking about. Yeah. And you stole one of mine from, uh, for later on, I I had this one in my back pocket, Jordan. Uh, the, I didn't uh, see the the notes. I didn't know (laughs) the fact that his suit is never finished. I mean, that's something you see in the movie. You see that a lot in the comics, but there's a million versions of the suit and there's always something new uh, and he does not stop. He's always evolving with the technology. So, and that's a lot like what teachers have to do. You're right. And, and I, and, you know, knowing that you're right for this situation, you know, this Mark one, I mean, he obviously is just doing it to get out of the cave. And again, I think there's an analogy there for what we're doing right now. We're just trying right. to get out of the cave, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, but then, you know, thinking, oh my gosh, like that was a really good idea. We need to change this. And I, I love in the movie how they actually walk us through his experimenting process. And there's, a, I think, a teacher lesson in there for you too, that like the first time he builds the, um, the, the boots, to where he's getting ready to fly. He's like, okay, he's got the little controllers there. He's like, all right, you know, 10% thrust, ready to go. You know, here we go, dude. And it just launches him as hard as it can. He just whacks right on the back wall and slides down. And And it's like- Cars, ruins all those cars we'll never be able to afford in our lives. Right? Um, I'm some of those, I got a little teary. I got a little, you know- you can be emotional in movies, but I know that was one that I was like, oh, that car. Oh, and you know, you can hear him go, oh, this isn't where I want to be. Oh, but like, you know, realizing that also those first iterations of stuff um, doesn't have to be the end. And it's not like he did it one time and went, eh, I'm done. Right. Another thing about that, I mean, he's always, it, it's always in beta. So when you talk about our games always being in beta when we do gamification, same kind of thing with, um, the arc reactor, the artificial heart that he has. And so there's a scene where Pepper Potts, his assistant, his assistant, he calls her down. It basically tricks her into switching out the no, artificial no. heart that he has, right, for the new one. Oh, yeah. Um, and when they're done and she finally, she gets a new one in successfully, she says, what do you want me to do with this? The old artificial heart. And he said, I'd throw it out. You know, we don't need any more trash it. But it comes into play later in the movie that she does not 
she keeps it. She gives it back to him with a note saying proof that Tony Stark has a has a heart, right? Yep. Uh, so that actually comes into play later on when Obadiah Stane. I'm probably giving too many spoilers here, but Obadiah Stane yeah. tries to tries to kill Tony Stark, and he manages to get down and switch out and get his um, old version of the artificial heart back, and that's the only reason why Tony lives to fight another day. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that's one of those, again, uh, you know, not letting those, you know, uh, the, the past things that you've done as a teacher, not letting them go away. And that like, you never know when you're going to need some of those, you know, ideas. And I think that a lot of us have even done some things like that. Maybe we've had to go back to some of the things to go, oh, well, you know, in the past, maybe I did this, you know, I've moved on to something else. But like, you know, going back to your roots and seeing, you know, what educational things can I be accomplishing in the uh, in the classroom? Yeah. And really not throwing away those tried and true strategies for yes. something shiny new all the time. Right. Exactly. And I know that definitely now I think a lot of folks have been kind of in danger of going the other way, as in completely right. reinventing stuff and, and burning out because mm -hmm. you're, you're thinking that I have to redo everything. Well, you came, you're going to change some stuff for sure. But like, you know, the Iron Man suit, it may have changed a lot and whatever. But when you take a look at all of those iterations, there's still some common threads in design right. and, and all of that in there. Yeah, and purpose and everything. Yeah. So um, one of the things that I, I kind of also wanted to, to talk about a little bit, uh, which is, again, this growth of Tony Stark, even in the first movie, and it continues on to the other ones. Um, but, you know, his his first kind of frivolous playboy attitude and things like that. And then once he gets this discovery moment, you know, he he flips and, you know, he's he's like, OK, you know, I've I've made this decision. My company is stopping with the weapons because I can't trust where they're going. I'm going to shut that down. I'm going to change completely the direction of my company, all of that. And a lot of times when you look at that movie, this, this idea of not letting your past define you, I think is one of these common threads that you can get in there. And I think in education, that's a lesson that I think we can really connect to. Yeah. And there's, you know, one of the, one of the quotes that I really love from the movie too, is when he finally realizes um, Pepper is about to run out on him because she thinks he's going to kill himself. He's being a vigilante. Yeah. She's afraid. And she says, I quit. And then he says, I just finally know what I have to do. I know in my heart that it's right. So I think that's uh, a powerful statement for anybody, of course, that teaches, but um, just to have that always that driving force uh what you know keeping you pointed north what do you really know in your heart is the right thing to do so yeah i i definitely agree and knowing that like you you have that tried and true course and i think i even had that down of also um you know tony also shows that he's willing to change that course when he knows that it's not the way as in this is not where we need to be going so I think that also as educators being willing to, to change, to, to account for the needs of um, your students, the needs of your building, uh, I think that that's an important thing that we can take away as educators too. Now, wait, was that an Easter egg from a former episode with uh, 
with Jason. It maybe uh, was. Ooh. This is the way. This is the way. I wondered. I, as I said that, I was like, ooh, did I throw in a little yeah, Mandalorian in there? This is the way. He threw that out there. Yeah. <laughs> so now we'll know whether Jason's listening or not because we'll that's, see if he caught that. That's right. So, Jason, we hope you're out there. Hope Wherever you are, Jason. <laughs> so, um, all right. Are there any... Um, are there any don'ts that we could see? Because we've we've pulled a lot of good ideas and things from Iron Man and things like that. Do we do we maybe have any cautionary tales that we can pull from Iron Man too? As in, don't do this in the classroom. Uh, yeah, I mean the one for me that really like as he's telling Pepper to throw away the old artificial heart, I'm thinking to myself, I do that all the time. Yeah. I reinvent the wheel for myself every year. I don't like to keep things. I don't hold on to exemplars. I am like every year messy and every year is different and to a fault. You know, sometimes that's good. Uh, and other times that really, I'm like, man, where did I put that? Where did I put this resource? Where did I sash that thing? Um, and so that to me was like, when he did that, I was cringing like, Ooh, don't do that. Uh, don't have her throw that away. You might need that later on. You know, you've, you've described something that is a constant struggle that even I myself have in the classroom that, that for however many years I've been going through and teaching, you know, world geography, Kansas history, um, my stuff doesn't really look the same. Um, it always seems to change. And I'm, I'm trying to do that and try to hold on to like, what are those really good kind of arc reactor things that I really don't want to, to change? Again, that may get a tune up, it may get a tweak here and there based on students and things like that. Um, but uh, really trying to kind of find the, find the bedrocks, find the bedrocks for what makes your class yours and what makes it great and don't don't get rid of those mm -hmm. so. i think there's two another thing is i think tony learns uh maybe not at the end of this movie but eventually in all the avengers and the all, all the iron man movies that he needs to start relying on others because there's yes. there's this constant um like crisis with him of i can do it all and i am the iron man and i i need to save the world myself uh and eventually uh, after Civil War, I would say he starts to realize that, you know, everybody has their own strengths. Uh, and I think a lot of times as teachers, we kind of get into that mode of um, it's my room. I need, I need to do it my way. And somebody else has a good idea. And you're like, yeah, but I do this. Um, so really trying things, um, you know, that others, uh, letting others help you. I'm guilty a lot of just saying, you know, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. And having a student teacher was a huge eye-opener for me. Um, about a few years back, I had um, two straight years of having just wonderful student teachers. And um, not only just, you know, expressing how I do things and why I do things, but it really helped me step back and say, you know, let other people help you. You don't have to do it all by yourself. And, you know, that's interesting because I, I will say that I actually have never had a um, student teacher. So I've often wondered how I would be in terms of stepping back and letting somebody, you know, take the take the reins in the in the classroom. And I'm I've been like I've never necessarily been closed to it. And I've always like as people have said student teachers like I've always you know made it known that like I am available. I'm not going to shut myself off. But um 
I've always had that thought of I've always wondered what it would be like to watch somebody teaching the students that I have had before and will have after and um, knowing that, of course, we need to do those things because that's how we get, you know, more teachers and, uh, you know, I know that I'm sure that you had uh, some people that were listening to you doing your gamified classroom and stuff like that. Um, and, and spreading that idea around, I think is important as well. But um, yeah, and that's a hard one. I, I think that's one of those things that, uh, you know, I could tell somebody uh, until I'm blue in the face of what I do, and they'd still kind of give you that look like, what is he talking about? So it's something when you're in there and you, and you feel it and you see how it works, and people are like, oh, okay, I could do this. And then you start to see the ideas flow. But uh, me telling somebody is not the same as somebody coming in and experiencing it, I don't think. I would, I would 100% agree, especially with gamification. And especially when, you know, you have those questions of like, so you do this thing called gamification. So kids play games every day. Right. No, no, that's not how it is. And, um, and trying to have those type of conversations and to say that like, well, you know, you've done like Jeopardy review, right? Like, yes, well, that's an element of gamification. So like, you're already using it. This is just on a little bit of a bigger scale. And because people aren't used to it, you, you do tend to have those conversations and, you know, some people will look at it and they'll be like, Ooh, you know, I'm really interested. And, you know, some folks may be a little bit more reserved with it, but um, yeah, when you can get them in there and they can really see how kids respond to it and and the engagement level which a lot of people would say that's one of the biggest um hurdles that we in education have to deal with is Mm -hmm. this concept of engagement um and and seeing that this is how you know a lot of people several people have chosen to address that that issue but it's kind of cool that like people address it very differently and I know that uh, in our gamified XP lab community, we're constantly talking to each other and nobody's, nobody's game is exactly the same. And, and it's because the, those good gamification elements also involve students, bring them into the world and, and have them connect. Right. And I think that if, if they were all the same, they wouldn't work. Um, yes. If I tried to do your game and we're both similar, somewhat similar in our themes, you know, uh, if I tried to do what you were doing, uh, my kids would be like, um, have you ever even seen an episode of S.H.I.E.L.D.? <laughs> <laughs> and I would have to say, uh, no, I haven't actually. Um, You've never seen an Agents no, of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I- yeah, I didn't even want to let that. I didn't want to spill those beans on this podcast. Oh, man, it's happening right now. Live, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, I have never seen an episode, although I love Agent Coulson in this movie. Uh, he's great. Yes. And I love I love all the uh, banter with both Pepper and um, Tony are like, oh, you got to work on that name. He's like, yeah, the, the strategic homeland intervention enforcement yeah. and logistics. We're working on it. Yeah. Still working on it. And then at the end, he's like, just call a shield. Yeah. And that was one of those. Now it's kind of one of those. I remember in the theater, like listening to it, like the string of words. And then in the end, he's like, just call a shield. And I was like, oh, I know about shield. And of course, this is before the show had come out and whatever. And I was like, oh, I, do, you know, because I grew up with like, you know, the, the Fox kid Spider-Man and stuff like that. Yeah. So they have shield in that. And I was like, oh, I totally know that. Um, 
but then it, it took him saying just call a shield for me to fully fully realize that yeah so um all right well um do we have anything else that we need to um talk about for iron man not really i mean my last thing that i had was i i love the quote um when iron man is basically gonna go save the day and he says uh sometimes you have to run before you crawl yes to me i don't know what your start to gamification was like but basically that's what i did i read um you know explore like a pirate by michael matera and and uh i could have probably tried a couple little things to see what worked um but that's not not exactly my style i'm a little bit more of a Tony Stark in the classroom type. I, I had to run before I crawled and I just tried to go all in. Um, and I'm glad I did, you know, it was obviously not great at first, but I think it's, it's getting better and better. So. And, you know, I would, I would agree with that too. I know that I'm a little bit more of a, you know, cannonball in and, mm -hmm. you know, we'll, we'll figure it out as, as we go and to, to kind of piece things together and try to be reflective in that case that after, you know, you cannonball in and then you've kind of got the, almost that adrenaline rush a little bit of, hey, these are the, th you know, we're doing the activity. And then at the end go, okay, I need to, I need to remember the next time that I do this, these are the things that need to be, you know, cleaned up and changed a little bit before we, you know, try that again, so. I love that. Well, um, all right, Will, if people want to get a hold of you to talk to you about your game, talk to you about Marvel stuff, um, where can they find you? Uh, on Twitter, I'm Mr. Carlson's class. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, other than that, that's, you, you find me on the XP lap chat every Tuesday, except last night I forgot, which has never happened to me, I don't think ever. So I was like, I looked at my phone, I'm like, wait, it was Tuesday last night? No! So we've, you know, I've got that week before uh, winter break tired going where it's just like the doldrums of mid-December, you know. I think uh, we could also say the struggle is real. The struggle is definitely real for sure. Oh, well, Will, thank you so much for being on the show. I know that I'll be pulling you back in because we have plenty more uh, Marvel movies and superheroes to talk about. Thank oh, you yeah. again. Uh, and for, thanks for having me, Jordan. It's been good talking. You know, this is not our first time having one of these chats. And one of these days, I got to find out uh, how our talks over the summer went with uh, with your game and what you put in place. Absolutely. Where I, I talk think, to Iron Man with me. Any excuse I can get to talk Iron Man or Marvel, you know. I love it. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, folks, um, thank you guys uh, so much in the um, teacher pop world. And uh, look forward to seeing you for another episode. Until then, take care.